Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's August 2nd. This is episode number 209. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Going good, Rod. It's uh, going to be a big weekend in Canton. That's for sure. Um, yeah, plenty of stuff going on. Uh, plenty of stuff to talk about tonight. So, so yeah, we're just we're going to skip the weather talk altogether. Because uh, <laughs> all the filler. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, there's really not much to talk about there anyways. We're getting, uh, you know, right. things are just nice. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's let's bring in our guest um, here to join us to to talk some Browns and, uh, you know, celebrate the beginning of we'll just call it the beginning of the season. I mean, the beginning of football anyways. And the big weekend coming up is is Mike in the 330 and you can follow him. Just right there at Mike in the three three zero. Hey Mike, what's up tonight? Hey guys, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's I look back. It's it's been almost a year. I think something uh, like that. Yeah, it might be. I'm not. I don't remember. I remember being on the. But I don't remember when, but I do remember being on. I was looking looking you know through and um, you know possible guests and i'm like i'm trying to remember i'm thinking i thought we just had a mic on i'm looking and i'm pretty sure it's been about a year so i'm like yeah yeah this would be this would be fun to have mike back on so yeah so we're we're glad glad to have you tonight and um yeah i mean back. Uh, it, it's just uh it's just a it's just a great time to be a football fan right guys sure Definitely. 
Yes. Yeah. It's all, like it's all positive right now. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. We're going to do a very abbreviated Blitz Beverages sec- uh, segment tonight. Um, I will just say that I'm drinking the obvious beer tonight. Can any of you guys guess what that would be? Joe Thomas. A Joe Thomas Kolsch. Yeah, Great Lakes. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Just it's had to be. Yeah, had to be. So we'll leave it at that. Everybody knows what that beer is. And uh, yeah, just drinking that in Joe's honor for his induction coming up on Saturday. So, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, let's move on. Um, Brown's News. Um, I don't know. There's not really a whole heck of a lot of weird stuff coming on. And uh, other than. Um, you know, just talk uh, about the game and who's playing, who's not playing. So uh, that's a just, good. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. for the first time, for for the first drop. time in in several weeks, we're not talking about another guy getting hurt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, yeah, not a whole lot of negativity um, right now. So. So yeah, let, let's just uh, let's go over this list of um, guys who are likely out, and that that would be a couple of tight ends: uh, Jordan Akins, Harrison Bryant, um, Jalen Darden, uh, Greg Newsom, and Mike Ford. Um, those those three guys are also out in addition to the two tight ends. So um, fairly short list. I mean, and we know Marquise Goodwin's going to be out for a while, so just kind of we know this going forward. So. You know, until we hear something different, I'm going to just assume he's not going to be playing for some time. Um, it's a very scary situation, so, yeah. Yeah, right. definitely. Like, you don't take a chance with that. Yep. No, so, um, so guys, before we get into the actual game and everything, um, you know, just going through this news, just wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, – these early injuries, I mean, it, very early, and I don't know that any of these are all that serious, you know, for, um, you know, anything that's going to hamper these guys for too long, hopefully. But, um, you know, guys on that list who, there's one guy that I look at um, in particular, and guys who, you know, who stand the most, you know, to lose the most by by missing this game. Um Jeff. Who who, who, who who needs to play this week? Well, I mean, I mean, out of those, uh, you know, out of those five guys who are listed as likely being out, you know, who's who's going to hurt the most? You know, yeah. out of those guys, or yeah, is it just too early? Doesn't it matter? Yeah, I don't know that it really puts anybody behind to not be able to play in the Hall of Fame game. I mean, there's you know. Plenty of plenty more opportunities in the preseason to, to make your case before cutdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean we're 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 really talking about um, in this game who are the 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 borderline guys, right? Who are who are going to be the guys that that make or don't make the first fifty three? And um, there's only a few spots really that are that are open at this point, you know, and and it's you know who's going to be the fourth safety um who's going to be the fourth d tackle um you know there's not a lot of questions really i mean so i'm not too worried about individual players i'm more worried about 
you know, in these first couple preseason games, the team concept um, mm-hmm. and seeing how they execute. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah. So, so Mike, your thoughts on that. Does it hurt any of these guys to miss this game? Any of the guys I, we mentioned? I would have to agree with Jeff that, you know, I mean, I don't even know when the first uh, first uh, week of with cuts would be. I know it's a little bit away, away, but you know, you, it, it, this is going to be their first like real, real game speed action, you know, against another opponent. For over a week now, they've been hitting each other, but now they're going to be going against, you know, another opponent, a real opponent. But I don't really see that it would uh, really hurt anybody. And like Jeff was saying, there's not a lot of question marks here. So I don't see it's going to see it would hurt anybody too much in the long run. Um, the, the, the competition will wean itself out and you'll see who, who comes up and rises up and makes that final cut and who, who, uh, who moves on to the next, uh, you know, next, next, uh, find another, find a place for themselves, you know, cause that fourth season, that fourth preseason game, that's where the players that are on the bubble, have a chance to showcase themselves to the other 31 team, teams in the league, or even, you know, cement a chance to get that, get on that roster spot with Cleveland. So, yeah, I don't see it as being uh, too big, you know, like this. And even in practice, they'll start seeing it too. Yeah. I have to say, when I saw this list, the only name that really stuck out of me was Jalen Darden because of that, you know, potential, you know, guy going for a sixth or seventh wide receiver spot, but, you know, if, if he's ready to go in the next preseason game, you know, I don't see an issue with it. But if he if he starts missing more time, it could definitely hurt, you know, obviously hurt his chances to make the team. And it's real hard to know where where he stands at this point on the team. You know, if, if he has a real shot at the roster or not, you, you would think he that he's in that group of guys going for that last wide receiver spot. Right. But you know, like you said, there's three more games. If he plays in all three of those games, um, you know, then he he should get a fair look. So but, let me just throw out those dates, Rod. Uh, the cut the down cuts. to 80, 85 is August 16th. Um, the cut down to 80 is August 23rd, so a week later. And then the following week is uh, the cut down to 53, so August 30th. So almost a full month. And, you know, I don't think those first couple of cuts are really going to be that strenuous on anybody. Yeah, the big cuts don't come after, until the Browns have played three preseason games, right? Right. 25th, yeah, or in, in that range, right? So, yep. yep. Yeah, and by then, you know, guys who the Browns want to see, they're going to have seen by that time. Correct. You know, guys who have a legitimate shot at making the team and guys who the Browns want to know more about, they're going to get the snaps that they that they need to get. Yep. Uh, you know, as long as they're healthy. And if they're not, then, you know, it, it's going to it's going to hurt them, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some there's some, I guess I would call them starter questions to be answered a few. Right. Um there's some some depth um, positions to, to be like, who's going to be your, your backup quarterback? You know, everybody just kind of assumes it's going to be Josh Dobbs right now. OK, but, yeah. I, you know, that's not set in stone. 
We'll get into that, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, for instance, I mean, um, it's more than just, you know, who's, who are going to be, you know, players 50 through 53, you know, they're, they're, they're sorting out who's going to be where. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, well, well, let's just move right into that because, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, either one of them are playing in this game. So it's going to be um, Kellen Mond and Zach Wilson, you know, the matchup everybody wanted to see in this game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, unless the Browns are showcasing Kellen Mond for, you know, a potential trade. um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, It it sounds like Kellen Mond and Dorian Thompson Robinson are going to get most of the playing time in this game. And that they're and that those two guys are battling for the number three spot. So, Jeff, Jeff, you kind of, I mean, you said that the number two spot's not necessarily, you know, curved in stone. So, right. Mike, do you agree with that? Do you think one of these guys, uh, well, yeah, I don't know if there were any Kellen Mond fans out there. I say one of these guys, do you think Dorian <laughs> Thompson Robinson could overtake, <laughs> could overtake Josh Dobbs? Well, I mean, we saw uh, hints of what Dobbs did last year in preseason. I mean, he was making plays and trying to, he was, I mean, one play, he ran it in for a touchdown. You would think the way he fought to get in there, he was playing in a playoff game. Yeah. He's, incredibly, yeah. he's incredibly intelligent. So he, he, and that's the thing, my thing with quarterbacks, you know, is you look at Bernie, he's a very intelligent guy. It's it's a part of it. And so is Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, is that, these guys are capable of processing information quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with having Dobbs at, at number number two spot, but you also want to have that sense of comp- competition. And you, like you were saying, you want to see what you get out of the the other guy, the guy fighting for the number three spot. But maybe he outperforms Dobbs. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but you want to, you don't want to ever make anyone feel too safe. And agree. Yeah. In that, you know. Because it is about the competition, and you want your best. You want to see what you got as your best players, and if if one guy out does the other, then you know it's the way it is. So yeah, well, I, I, I I'm fine with. Uh, but I think with Dobbs is like I said, you have a very intelligent player, and he and uh, and he he will fight like hell. It seems like from what I could tell to try and get in there, but you don't want him yeah. feel too comfortable. You know, you want him to like you know. You're going to have to earn this spot. So. Yeah, I, I think I, I, every, everybody likes Josh Dobbs. Everybody in Cleveland likes Josh Dobbs, and I like Josh Dobbs. Um, I think the Browns, for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's Stefanski and I think, um, Kellen Mond was in Minnesota. It seems like the Browns feel like they know at least a little bit of what they have in Kellen Mond, but they don't know. You know, they, they haven't seen Dorian Thompson Robinson play. So I think, um, you know, initially it's going to be kind of figuring out where he fits in. You know, is he fighting for a number three spot, you know, or, yeah. or the number two spot? So um, I don't, you know, I would be surprised if Kellen Mond challenges for the number two spot. But, yeah, I make fun of him a lot, but it seems like, you know, the Browns are just carrying him. And nobody's really seen him play, you know, or do anything. And and seems like most people don't have a real high opinion of him. So maybe he'll surprise, you know. Um, who knows? Maybe there's more talent at the quarterback position on this team, 
you know, in, in him than what I think there is. But, um, but yeah, you, you have to feel like in four preseason games, and Josh Dobbs is going to get plenty of playing time too. All three of these guys are. You know, and it's it's going to work itself out. So, um, but it, it'll be interesting. So, so Jeff, how excited are you to see Dorian Thompson Robinson play? Yeah, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, the, the real question with DTR is, is you know, when will he be ready to be a backup? It's not, you know, is he going to eventually be a starter for you? It's, it's, you know, or is he going to be the third string? For me, it's, you know, when will he be ready to be the backup? To, to Deshaun Watson because that's why they drafted him. Um, I think he has a very comparable skill set. I think ultimately he can run the same offense effectively. Um, and, you know, the Browns know what they have in Josh Dobbs. You know, they, they saw him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Kellen Mond is, is sort of the wild card that, you know, um, you, you really don't know what they like about him or, or, you know, what his timeline is. You know, it could be that – yeah. He's one of these guys that develops into an effective backup, you know, the fourth or fifth year in his career, you know, and that might not be here, probably won't be here. Right. Um, So for me, watching DTR execute the offense tomorrow in the second half, you know, against the Jets end of the bench players um, should be a good opportunity to see where he is in that process, you know, and, and how long it will take him to get up to speed and and i think kevin stefanski mentioned something yesterday about that that um you know they really want to try to get him ready to play this year you know the with the new three quarterback rule um you're you're devoting a roster space a roster spot to to that third quarterback so that roster spot has to come from somewhere is it going to come from the running back room it's going to come from the line you know where where are you going to take that roster spot from but that that guy is is inactive on on game day, but he can play if the two guys ahead of him get hurt. So it's not just stashing away a developmental prospect. It's got to be a guy who can play. He's got to be ready to go. I mean, we've seen this before. Um, the third string guy does get pressed into action at times. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So. So, Mike, I, you know, I know how I feel about this, but how surprised would you be if Kellen Mond made this team? Uh, well, I mean, listening from what Jeff said, uh, you know, it, it does, sounds like they don't know what they have in him. So, you know, it's if he makes it, he's, again, it's he's going to have to outperform the other. What's his name? Uh, Robinson. Yeah, yeah, Robin. Yeah. Yeah, and they drafted him, so they they have some high high hopes for him and to, to bring him along and and make him a, an NFL quarterback because. You know, you know. God forbid you if you have to if you lose your number one starter at quarterback. You know that puts and then Dobbs is your your back your number two backup. Guess what? Your your Dobbs is now the starter. And guess what, kid? You're the backup now, so you're going to have to be more than ready to go. So I mean, God forbid that happens. We've seen that more times. We've seen that. Nightmare, that horror, that soap opera, more times in this town than we can count. <laughs> yes, but, we have. Don Strzok comes to mind. Don Strzok. <laughs> so, Get up out of your recliner, Don. We need you to play quarterback. Yeah. So he, but 
Right. Uh, I, I I would rather. I mean, if they 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 set their eyes on this kid, this Robinson, to you know to bring him along, and you know what, and and if there's a sense of urgency to get him to be maybe a be you know not say starter, but be that third quarterback. Guess what? At any moment, you could be the starting quarterback. So it's about preparation. And then if that's the case, yeah, you play him more in, in the second half of a game in, in, a pre, in the preseason. You give him reps, and you give him reps at real speed and an NFL game. And it's just a preseason game. But you're getting the reps. You're getting in there. You're, you're, you're facing a different opponent. You're, you're going to have to read the defense when you come up to the line of scrimmage. And, again, it's like I was saying, you have, you know, can you process the information in front of you? You see how these guys are lined up and, oh, okay. Well, I see where the safety's over here. Okay. And then and you maybe check off and you do what you got to do. And it's about also paying attention on the sidelines, you know, and when you're in a, when you're in a, in a huddle with your coach, the, the defense is out on the, uh, out on the field. You know, we've seen it where the quarterbacks get together and they're looking at the tablet off of a play, you know, Get in there and, and sit down and those lean over and listen to the coach and listen to the quarterbacks and just you know you pick up a lot a lot more from listening than you do talking. So listen and pay and be, pay attention and follow the film game film and then you'll learn he'll learn more. But then when you're out there, take what you've learned in the in the instruction room, take what you've learned from listening to your coaches and the other quarterbacks that have more experience than you on the sideline. And then try to apply it when you're out on the field. You know, I mean, it's not easy. I mean, you got what? I mean, they've. I remember they've timed. These when Rodgers was in Green Bay, he used to always on the Sunday night football. They'd always time how long it takes him from the snap to get the ball out, and it's usually what with less than two seconds. Yeah. So you got a lot coming at you in a, in a, in a sliver of time. So you're gonna have, like I said, you're gonna have to process that information and get it because otherwise you're going to get nailed and you're going to get hurt if you're a quarterback so or you're going to rush also has make a mistake he has he has has the advantage of having started 40 games in college Mm -hmm. so he's he's an experienced in-game leader um it's just for me it's really a transition to the pro game and you know Will he be able to elevate his decision making and and so forth um, to the pro level? And and I think he will. It's just a matter of how long that process will take. Um, so all, you know, best case scenario, Deshaun Watson stays healthy, and you know we don't Please. need him for a while, right? Yeah, we hope. Um, yeah. But would. Yeah. who knows, right? Right. Yeah. So so. Uh, so guys, Mike Mike brought up intelligence, you know, and and uh, you know, um, just how you know how how smart uh, um, Josh Dobbs is, and you know, and, and Rogers and some other guys. And then we're talking about the the processing time, and I don't necessarily, you, you know, people people might get those two things confused, um, and I. I wanted to get your input on this, guys, because I don't necessarily think those are the same. Those are those two things are the same, because I think an intelligent quarterback can step up to the line and diagnose and know and and you know and anticipate. But the the ability to to react 
and you know once the once he, the ball is snapped, I think that's more. Um, I think that comes more from experience than pure um, intelligence. You know, playing at game speed. So I was wondering if you guys saw that the same way. What do you think, uh, Jeff or Mike? Either one of you guys. <laughs> right, Mike. <laughs> Mike. I would have to agree because. I mean, you could be. I mean, you look at it this way. If you don't, if you can't react any from the experience, from what I'm saying is, I'm looking at it is, you can read the read them, but you know, they might. You might think, like, okay, this looks like somewhere the safety might be blitzing, but he doesn't, or just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Where if you are, if you can't, if you these guys, some we've seen it where quarterbacks will freeze. Yeah. No freeze. I mean, who was it? Was that Whedon? He would just, I'm not saying he was dumb or anything, but he would stand there like he was posing for a picture. <laughs> like, like he was getting ready to have to do a sculpture. It's like, just get rid of it. If there's yeah. nobody open, if the corner's got all the wide receivers covered, just throw it out of bounds. Get rid of it. What would he do? He'd stand there with the ball and he'd get slammed. And <laughs> next thing, you know, he's either fumbling the ball and the next thing the other team recovers on a turnover or, you know, Three and out sack, you know, we're dropping back and punt. I mean, it was, you never, it's, it's, you got to be able to make quick decisions, but it's, it doesn't, it's, it, the experience will definitely help you up with the, I think, in the time of getting rid of the ball quicker. It's like yeah. a read and react. It's like a read and react. Yeah. Well. And you, you see guys, um, you know, I think that, that react is, is, you know, when, when you got somebody bearing down on you and you know to dump the ball off, to get rid of the ball at the right time, you know, outside the box and, and things of that nature versus you have the intelligence of guys like, like Deshaun Watson or, you know, or uh, Patrick Mahomes who can improvise on a play when they, when they buy time. And to me, that's more, that's some experience, but that's also intelligence. You know, being able to to create on the spot, um, but the 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 whole reaction time and being able to get rid of the ball fast. I don't know how you I don't know how you how there's any substitute for experience for that. I would have any, to agree. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Jeff? I would. I was just thinking about Bernie Kosar. I mean, he was a, a very intelligent in-game quarterback that, you know, when he went through progressions and, and you know, the pre-snap reads could really diagnose how to attack a defense. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily the most, you know, athletically gifted guy. You're um, being generous, but yeah. <laughs> and Bernie would agree with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, Bernie's, Bernie's my friend. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be mad at me, but right. he, he, he was, you know, yeah. he was not, he was not, you know, the, the most athletically gifted, but, and, and as far as being able to, you know, bail himself out of situations, right. That really wasn't an option for him with, you know, to do with his feet, right. He right. had to do it with his arm and, mm-hmm. you know, creative arm angles and, and, you know, with his, with his intelligence. Side, right. Side and, 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 <laughs> yeah. And his, and his experience. Yeah. You know, and so um, I think, there's a certain amount of that, 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 you know, you, you have to have as an NFL quarterback. And, and I think that's probably the piece that Deshaun Watson was missing last year was, you know, that, 
that in-game experience, you know, the, the, the fluidity of the decision-making and so forth um, versus just, you know, talking about being smart enough to, to read and, and diagnose a, a defense. I mean, let's face it, yeah. defenses disguise themselves really well now. I mean, exactly. a lot more so than they did in Bernie's day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you have to be able to, to diagnose throughout the play, you know, uh, pre and yeah. post snap. So, and, and so that, that requires a level of intelligence, but also a lot of experience in, you know, the timing aspect completely. Yeah. And you make, you make a great point about, you know, those six games last year, that's where uh, Deshaun Watson may have been very comfortable up there, you know, at the line, you know, before the ball was snapped and thinking he knew it was coming. But once the ball was snapped, he just didn't seem to be himself. You know, he didn't have that right. um, that creative ability, you know. Right, and, and, and the options have to be there for him, too. I mean, you know, the, the, well, the, the, the guy at the other end has to be doing what he's supposed to do. So that that's part of, you know, timing and, and, and time together. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Now he's got more weapons now too. So, with what meaning Watson, he's got more weapons at his disposal. Yeah, better they, quality for sure. And it, it, it was said weeks ago, Stefanski revamped the entire offense around his around, for Watson to favor him. And when before they even made, when they were down in uh, Houston make the trade, you know. He and Stefanski met, and they went over plays on the tablet, and, and they, you know, this is what we want to do with you, and you know, as far as your your abilities. And Watson was all on board with that. He liked what he saw, so it doesn't surprise me that they they changed it. And obviously, you're going to see that more what they're talking about with more pass plays, probably to Nick Chubb out of the backfield. Um, and I've been screaming about that for at least since Stefanski's gotten here about the idea of. More screen plays, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm not. I don't know if they're going to run that or not much of that this year. They might, but you got an offensive line that's built for it. I mean, mm-hmm. you got two. You got two guards, Pro Bowlers. You got one with. You know, there's been talk about Tonio might be even a future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. You know, and that type of play is designed for guards. They pull and they plow the road. And they create a running lane for the for the running back or you know the tight end or whomever, and it it works itself out. So, yeah, I'm I'm not you know if it, we'll get a better idea, I think about how well it is as far as the the schemes for the uh, this offense with Watson and Stefanski's system favoring Watson in the in the dress rehearsal in week three for the preseason. I think we'll yeah. definitely get a good idea of view of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. So, so, so Mike, uh, yeah. talk about Watson having more weapons. Um, more is in Elijah Moore. Um, who else? Uh, who else are you excited about this season? You know, on on offense, as far as guys you think will, you know, could um, you know could just be big. Could be big contributors, um, you know, who people might not be looking to. I mean, I, I think everybody, you know, expects n- nice seasons out of, out of Nick Chubb and Mari Cooper. Um, you know, who who else are you looking to? Um, uh, Elijah Moore is pretty much the the guy everybody's watching. Yeah. Um, 
I would have to say Njoku and uh, Jones, DPJ. Mm-hmm. I think both those guys are going to, you know, because we've seen DPJ progress from being a young kid out of Michigan. You know, he's just real humble, real quiet, comes in, does his job. And he's really progressed over these last few years as a wide receiver and has gotten better and better. And he's, you can see him, he's like, he's, he's, you've seen him grow. You've seen him develop and he's now a pro's pro in my book. Um, and he's, He's only he's gonna get better. I think he's gonna have a good season. Um, and and in Njoku, I mean he's 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 progressed too. You've we you know he's another guy guy that we've seen grow and gotten better and better each year. And uh, he's a team guy. You know he's not one of these. You know he he kept working. He got that big deal contract. And but he you know he didn't. Some guys you you see it where they get. I want, I don't I guess you say kind of comfortable with the big contract, but mm-hmm. then they don't keep working on their game. And Chief has done the exact opposite. And he works hard and he puts out, he, you know, he gives it, gives it all his effort. And he's like, hey, if the play calls me to block, I block. If it calls for me to run and, you know, do a post route, then I do that. You know, if it's a, like my job in this play is to be a diversionary player, Pass play and it's a diver- I'm, I'm supposed to be like a diversion, to pull pull a you know more people out away from the play, so I can get gets uh, DPJ open. Boom, there you go. I mean it's he's a, they're both team oriented guys, um, and uh, I think those those two guys are going to really, really break out. I hope and I hope they do. You have good you know, seasons. Yeah, and. David Njoku did a great job as the model for the all-white uniform with the white helmet. Oh, those are so, outstanding. That's, that's outstanding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so Mike, how how big a part do you expect the, uh, the the tight ends to be in the offense this season? Do you do you expect? I mean, you have to expect a change, right? That the Browns are going to throw more to wide receivers, and maybe. Maybe this is not cutting down the uh, the targets and Joku gets, but maybe it's cutting down the number of you know two and three tight end sets that we see out there. Um, just kind of wondered what you were expecting there as far as the tight ends, because I mean the Browns, you know, um, you know they went out and got uh, Jordan Akins. Um, a lot of people, myself included, still like Harrison Bryant. We'd like to see him get a few targets. So just kind of wondered what your thought was there. Yeah, I think like with Bryant. I mean, he's he's shown a lot of promise. I mean, he's 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 doing a, he's been working hard at trying to get better every year. Um, I think for some of these guys, you know, you first come in. I've never played in the NFL, but I mean, I've never played a professional sport. <laughs> but when you come into something new, you know, yeah, you played this game all your life since you were a pop Warner, and you went to a college and you did well there, and now you're the new kid in a pro league where the competition is way more than you've ever seen. So yeah. And maybe there are, it's only human to be, uh, to be nervous. Uh, to not, you know, not saying you're not, couldn't do it or you're not sure of yourself, but it's a little bit of that. You get caught in the light and the space and this wide eye of, wow, I'm actually in the NFL now. I am in, I'm living my dream. And, but now you've got now that you're here, you got to stay here. 
So I, it's it's a mindset of maturity and how you how you you like a friend of mine once used to say you play like you practice. So if you go out there every day and you bust your ass and you do your job and yeah the coaches are yelling at you and giving you an earful but you you just keep doing you keep grinding away and I think guys like Bryant are going to do well. Uh, was it Aikens? You said, was that his name? Aikens. Yeah. Jordan Aikens. You know, again, I think it's also going to go back with competition and you see, you'll see it in the preseason games. And you also, I think, see it in, you won't see it as much in practice, but you will, while at least while you won't see it after they close camp with, and have, you know, to just the fans can't go anymore, but you'll, you know, they're going to look and see, oh, well, you know, Aikens is having a better practice this week. We're going against so and so. We got the, you know, we're playing against uh, Cincinnati or we're playing against Baltimore. But, you know, Aikens just seems like he's got, you know, the coaches talk and he watched the film and he watched the players. And he's going to be like, he seems like he's got a better grasp of this game plan. We'll probably put in, put more plays to Aikens. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's nothing, in my book, there's nothing wrong with that because it's like, Again, it's about competition, and nobody's job is safe, with the exception of a few people. But uh, it's how you get the best out of your players. That's right. This is my my take on it. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's uh, let's settle this midfield uh, logo thing. Um, <laughs> I guess they're gonna. Are they planning to vote on this thing every year? And, and <laughs> let's let's talk about that first. What do you guys think about changing the logo every year? 
Do you like that or not like it? Stick with one logo. Give it give it a couple of years. Um, I, you know, everyone was trying to, a lot of people didn't like the Elf. There were people that liked the Elf last year. I had, I got, at first I wasn't too crazy about it, but then it kind of grew on me. And it especially grew on me because I also learned that when Modell bought the team, he didn't like the Elf. He got rid of it. And the fact that, okay, if he didn't like it, that means I'm going to like it. Um, <laughs> my enemy's enemy but, is my friend. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so actually, and I do know, I think was that they said the running Elf or angry Elf, whatever they call it. That came from, I think it was Mickey McBride. I think his son went to Notre Dame and they kind of parodied that from the, I think the leprechaun, the fighting Irish. Um, it does for, I think, and I think I put it out in a, in a tweet uh, of a few days back. You know, if, if you know the team in the team's history, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't around obviously in the 1940s, but we know, you know, when you look at the old pictures, and you know, if you know, even go to the Hall of Fame, you'll see that angry elf, that running elf all over the place there. So yeah. that just brings us back to what we grew up i mean what we know i grew up with that helmet and i don't have a problem with the helmet i've always liked the helmet some people say oh, it's boring well that's what i grew up with and i like it as far as i put the logo on the 50 yard line I, I, let's go I'm, I'm not a fan of that dog I'm, I'm, I'm i'll admit i'm not a fan of it but that's the one they went with whatever um as far as like the helmet though for this year I think what they ought to do is go with the old classic gray two-bar face mask, side profile, and put 32 on it and put it in the middle of the football field. And just, for if anything, for this season, you got to arguably people have said Jim Brown was the greatest that they've ever seen play. I never saw him play. But the man was – other Hall of Famers are calling him legends. When they did a football life on sport, uh, ESPN did a on football life about it. People may want to cringe at it, but Ray Lewis was the first person to speak on uh, about Jim, saying that Jim was the greatest athlete to ever step foot on any field, more or less. Uh-huh. You know, the guy was an amazing athlete. Then honor him. I mean, he, he did so much for this team. And he was always, you know, he was always put his teammates first. And, you know, I just say my, my attitude on it is honor the man, right? You know, you got a statue of him out front at a stadium. You got his number hanging up on a, on a, on the, on the stadium wall. He's arguably, you know, cause he's, he's, he's like, he's regarded like, okay, you got the argument of like LeBron versus Jordan. And then yeah. you got who was the greatest fighter of all time in boxing. Well, everyone's going to probably want to say Ali. He's up mm-hmm. there. Who was the greatest basketball player? And if people want to say, oh, it was uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Or it was, you know, he was up there with the greatest. Yeah. And when, when other Hall of Famers are calling you a legend, then that's what you are. And honor the man right. Put put a put that kind of a helmet, side profile, two bar gray face mask, 
32 on the field. And that's the way, for at least this season. That's just my, that's my two cents on it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, the, the four options on the vote are, are the elf, the new dog, um, you know, just the helmet or, or nothing, apparently. And I mean, the first tweet I saw was, was Casey Kinnaman saying that the Browns should put Jim Brown's number 32 out there. So I don't know if he came up with the idea first or if he was, um, you know, echoing somebody else's thoughts. But but I I totally agree. So um, I don't know why you don't do that. I, I fully expected the Browns to dedicate this season, you know, the whole team to dedicate this season to Jim Brown. I don't know why you don't put number 32 on the field this year. So and have patches on the uniforms or something, you know, something maybe. Yeah, like, they should, yeah, they should definitely do that too. Patch with a football on it, the shape of a football with thirty-two on, or something like that. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, the man was. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so so Jeff, like, let's get your thoughts on this, <laughs> or you can just say you agree, whatever you want. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't argue with what Mike said about Jim Brown. I, I you know, yeah. I think they need to find a an appropriate way to um, dedicate the season to him. You know, I hope it's more than just a sticker that says thirty two on the back of their helmet. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, the the midfield thing. I you know that I don't really care. It, it's it's about selling merchandise, and as long as you know the merchandise they sell turns into quality players. Um, that I'm I'm fine with you know however they generate that money, um, I, I'll agree with Mike that the the dog logo um, I I'm not a fan of I thought you know of the different ones that people put together that was probably my least favorite, um, but you know it's all personal taste I mean I'm not I'm not going out and buying t-shirts with that on it anyway so it's about appealing to the the people who are so. Um, for me, I, I would, I wouldn't, if I don't have something I'm in love with in the middle of the field, I wouldn't put anything out there. I'd just, I'd just do the, you know, plain stripe in the middle of the field. Yeah. I mean, I, I would do, I would do the number 32, just like Mike said. I mean, whether it's on the helmet or if somebody comes up with something more creative to honor Jim Brown, I mean, you don't want something too extravagant, but I, so I think that would work. Um, uh, you know, I I like the elf. Uh, I'd be good with going back to the elf after this. As far as the dog goes, guys, I, I thought that dog was the best of, of the dogs. But when I see it on the merchandise, I'm not in love with it. So I'm not in a hurry to go out and buy stuff with it on there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not. Um, it just I think the merchandise is very plain. So, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll, you know, do it up a little bit better. But. You know, what I would like to see is is for the Browns to do number 32 this season. And then what if next season they went and and they honored a Browns Hall of Famer each game by putting their number out there at the center yeah, of the I field? Like that. You know? Yeah. And a different Hall of Fame. There, there are, what, 10 or 12 Browns in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, something like that. They could that. do that, and if they wanted to extend it to the Ring of Honor, they could, or they could just do that for a season or two, and then and then go back yeah. to a logo. I'll, I'll say this: I, I put it out in a, a tweet as well a few weeks ago. The Browns have, in the last few years, have done a wonderful job in my book at bringing back a lot of the history and heritage 
um, of this organization. But the 75th anniversary jerseys, because I got my Nick Chubb jersey, um, and and just how they've done it with the with the, the that Angry Elf logo, um, and what I, I mean they've really done a, doing things with the alumni and adding players to the Ring of Honor. Um, I think they've done a really nice job with bringing back that heritage to the fan base. And I, I, I could say, I don't think we ever had that with Randy Lerner as our, as the owner. Um, but definitely with, uh, where they're at now, the heritage, bringing back that spirit and that heritage brings a lot back. Cause you know, when it, when someone, they brought that, they put that dog logo out. Um, I remember a lot of people were, you know, people were, you know, they didn't care for it and other people were loving it. And they said, I don't like this. I'm never going to accept it or this or that. And I'm, my attitude was this, you know, there's about what, four or five logos they've had over the years. They've had the, the, the angry elf and they had the other, that other smiley elf. And then they went to the helmet and then they went uh, with the, with the dog, sometimes with the dog logo. And I kind of correlate that with the heritage is that, okay, maybe you don't like that dog logo. I grew up with the helmet. So, okay, you're still showing your, your love and your appreciation in your fandom. You know, you, if, okay, you want to wear a, the, with the, a hat or a shirt with the dog logo, hey, to each their own, I always say. Me, I would, I would probably go with the helmet. But then you got some folks, you know, maybe they like the elf more. It's mm-hmm. about it's 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 about the, keeping that fandom together and keeping that heritage. And yeah, yeah we've had God, I mean, we've all we've all seen it. The last twenty plus years has been absolutely horrible. But it, I think that was part of bringing back keeping that this fan base together is mixing in all of those aspects from all the different eras and keeping that heritage alive. I think it really helps the fan base out. That's just my two cents. No, you, you make a great point, Mike. You really do because I like the elf. Um, You know, I'm good with, with the dog logo that everybody likes and I'm good with a helmet logo. And I think, you know, I, I think, like you said, mixing it up and, and keeping people together. I mean, the, the last thing you want is is people pissed off because we don't have the right logo on the, you know, the middle yes. of the field. And yeah. it's driving right. people mad and they, they hate the team because of the logo. And it's like, man, guys, it's, it's just a logo, you know. Exactly. Um, it shouldn't be like that. So, maybe you know, maybe changing it every so often isn't that big of a deal. OK, we got our elf for a year. OK. So whatever else they go with next, fine. You know, I, I can put up with it for a year. You know, even if it's the new dog, I don't think it's going to kill any of us. It, you, you know, know? If, you want, if you want to, if you want to hang those that dog logo all over the place like it was wallpaper, it's fine with me. You know what? Get in the playoffs. <laughs> right. I don't, yeah. care what okay. I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> I don't care if he's wearing a, a bow tie with pink and yellow polka dots. Just win. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so guys, I, that's why I, I look at it. <laughs> I looked this up. The Browns actually have, um, well, they have 25 Hall of Famers, but that's 25 guys who played for the Browns who are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, 
calling Len Dawson a Brown is kind of, um, you know, not really right. Because right. he was with the Browns for, I think, one season. Then he was traded before he ever played. So right. I'm not even sure if he saw action as a Brown. So uh, to actually look at the list as far as who played with the Browns, you know, or, or went in as a Brown to see guys who they would um, truly want to honor. That's probably different, you know, but I'm um, looking up and down the list. Most of these guys I recognize as Brown. So it's probably 18 to 20. So it's something they could probably do over two seasons if they wanted to. Um, I think it's a good idea, but then I came up with it. So um, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be it'd be nice to because I, I don't think you can get enough of of um, going back, you know, into that heritage really you know um you know i mean you know i i think it'd be great if they you know if they put uh you know if they put um i mean pick any of these guys you know if they if they put auto graham's number out there for for a game and that you know some some little autogram giveaway and you know and they show a little film of autogram at halftime and stuff i mean i think that'd be great I think it would certainly help um, the younger fans. You know, there's there is a disconnect between the new Browns and the old Browns um, that you know a lot of the younger fans don't know the heritage. Um, so it would, it would be a great learning thing. Yeah, it'd be like like uh, yeah they should yeah they have Gene Heckerson. they like, who the heck is Gene Heckerson? Well, he was right, like right. all pro. Right. Like I mean like. 10 or 12 times probably or something like that. And one of the best guards to ever play and probably nobody's ever heard of him. A lot of the young fans have not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't don't want to sound like, you know, I I want to like pointing out or anyone who's a younger fan. I mean, let's be honest, you know, from 1999, we've only had two winning seasons. This, this generation of younger fans, how much have they had to cheer about? Right. I agree. That's true. I grew up in the eighties. So I grew up with, I mean, I could throw out the name Dan Fike and a 22 year old, 20, you know, or 30 year old probably wouldn't know who Dan Fike is, <laughs> but I, but I'm not saying that's against them. Yeah. But we, we could probably look at who Dan Fike's backup was and we'd probably remember his name too. So yeah. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's more about, it's a, kind of like a teaching tool in my book. You know, this is, you know, you, I remember in 2020, there was a lot, we were, you know, we were, that team was rolling mm-hmm. and everyone was on board. And, I, and it's like, it's one, and so for, I felt so happy for the younger fans to be able to experience this. Cause I was like, yeah, this is what it was like in 86. This is how much fun we had. And, and, and this is as fan, as fans. So for me, it's nice to, you know, that we can kind of incorporate more of that. It's like you're saying with the heritage, and yeah. and that way they, they 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 see more of it, and maybe some will be interested in it, maybe some won't. I don't know, but the, I mean I feel bad because I remember seeing Twitter posts, Facebook posts when I was on Facebook, uh, back you know, this was several years back, even just not even that far long, where. Kid, fathers or their, their kids would go to school and they'd wear a Browns jersey and they feel like 
out of place. Some even kids would other other kids would make fun out of them. How can you root for the Browns? They suck. This and that. And the kid yeah. would feel bad. You know, when I was a, a kid's that kid's age, we would have on Fridays in school. It would be like everybody was even the teachers. They would even make cookies in cafeteria that were shaped like dog bones. You know what I mean? It was, you know, I mean, really, I mean, it was like different times. Yeah. But I mean, everybody had something orange and brown on your teachers did the, the people that worked in the school, the students, all we all had sweatshirts or t-shirts on. And we knew our team had a great chance of winning. And so it, there was that sense of pride. And, you know, when your team goes one and 31, where's the pride? You know, you, you, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of hard. You know, one of my worst nightmares as a fan was that, you know, every year you'd see the team maybe lose, go, you know, two and 14 or three and, you know, whatever, three and 13. I'm thinking, Christ, you have please never go, go winless. And, got, and it did. And then yeah. the, and then they went one, they, you know, they won a, you know, three years before they only won one game. And it was just like, yeah. please don't go winless. Please don't. And it happened. But I got over it. And, Mike, I I still remember where I was when they kicked that field goal against the Chargers to win that game when they went 1-15. I I mean, I I was standing in a a BW3s waiting to pick pick up some takeout food to take home. And I I was just turning around watching the TV, and they made that field goal. And I'm, like, cheering and, like, crazy. And I'm I'm thinking this, this was for one stinking win. Yeah, and we were like so relieved <laughs> that they didn't get working to go 0 16. Yeah, I remember, I, I always remember that game because I, two weeks prior, because it was right, it was Christmas Eve, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken, is that a Christmas Eve um, game? But I, I couldn't I, tell you the day. I just remember the game. I think it was. <laughs> My memory's not that good, Mike. I think it was because two weeks prior, I had gotten laid off from my job. I was so down and depressed. I didn't want to have people. Every year at Christmas Eve, we'd have family over for, for dinner. And I was to the point where I didn't even want anybody around me. I was just so bad. I felt so terrible. And I was like, I'm going to watch the game. I'm not going to ruin the holiday for everybody because I'm feeling bad. I have everybody over. And I'm watching the ball game. And I remember my mother came, just pulled in the drive. And I'm like, we got a chance to win this. You know, we got a shot here. And and I'm trying to help her bring food into the house and, and I'm trying to you know, running back and forth between that and the TV, you know, <laughs> I had the dog climbing in and out of the house, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, the chargers couldn't get out on the field in time to make that kick and we win the ball game. And yeah. my, my whole mood the rest of that night was changed. I did a 180. I was so ecstatic and so happy. So I felt and- so good. But yeah, I mean, I I remember, like you're saying, I remember where I was. I was in my living room. And guys, that's being a that's being a damn fan. I tell you what, when you get <laughs> when we are that excited about the Browns winning one stinking game, yeah. uh, just because we take that much pride in our franchise, you know, yeah. Um, even no matter how bad they've been, um, you know, we just we just didn't want them included in that 0-16, you know, cluster. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I was the same way. I was, I was thrilled to death when they, when they won that game. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so guys, we, 
we have a game coming up tomorrow night. I, I just wanted to, to get, I mean, we're going to see a ton of backups. So just, uh, Jeff, let's, let's start with you. What do you want or what do you hope to see out of this game other than no injuries? We, we want everybody to stay healthy in this and all yeah. these preseason games, healthy as possible. But what are you, what are you hoping to see? Um, questions you'd like answered or anything like that? Yeah, I think I I kind of tipped my hand early that I just want to see the offense, defense, special teams executed, um, and and see these guys play like they know what they're doing. You know, I want this team to look well prepared, uh, professional, and you know, not let things get in the way of guys winning jobs you know like no bonehead things um you know please well yeah let's <laughs> let's go out and and just you know do our jobs and look like a, a solid professional football team and beyond that it's you know looking for some of those cues of you know what's what's the offense going to look like what's the defense going to look like um i don't think we're going to see a lot of that early on but you know there probably will be some plays um, and then obviously, you know, who are those fringe guys that, you know, are on the bubble that, that really have, uh, you know, a, an aha type moment in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's always one or two of them. Yeah. And, and that's the fun stuff to see. So, so Mike, same question. Um, what are you hoping to see or, or uh, you know, what are you looking for tomorrow night? Consistency. I want to see, I'd like to see nice, long drives, barely with very limited mistakes. Okay, no no false starts. Um, you're going to have holding. We're going to, I mean, that's going to happen. But, you know, no jumping off sides. Um, play smart. Obviously, nobody getting hurt. But I'd like to see nice, long drives. And I've said it so many times on defense, getting off the field on third down. You know, and as far as special teams, make plays. You know, get a nice kickoff return, punt return, bring it up to about the 40. Or drop a guy at the 25, you know, and and put him in the dirt. Nice, smart, consistent football. From even just, okay, it's just your backups. Because it shows, tells me that the coaching, that the play calling is going in line with what the players are being supposed to be doing. Um, one of my one of my favorite coaches of all time was Bill Parcells, and he always had such. In fact, I saw a quote from him just before you called me. And but one of my favorite ones is I think he was with Dallas, and he always says, you know, he told one guy, he's like, he's like you know, dumb players make dumb, do dumb things. You know, I mean, he wasn't afraid to sugarcoat it. He wouldn't sugarcoat. It, tell <laughs> no. you, dumb players make dumb do dumb make dumb plays, or something to that effect, and. Just play smart, okay? It's a practice game. It doesn't mean anything if we win or lose. Love it if we won, but I'm not going to – I mean, I'm not going to cry over if we don't win. Play smart. Be consistent. And and, and, and play like you, like Jeff was saying, like you're a professional football team, ready to go, game one, week one, you're ready to rock and roll, whoever's out there. 
So play like you're play like you're a starter, basically. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Yeah, for for me guys, and I'm really echoing what Jeff said. I I would like to see the same professionalism and lack of drama that we have felt through most of this off season. Right. If I feel like it's anywhere close to that after the you know through this game, I'll feel like this this team is on target. Yeah. You know, just like they know what they're doing, and 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 just all the stuff Jeff said. No no bonehead plays. Not 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 an excessive amount of of penalties or you know just guys you know not knowing what they're doing. Then I will feel like this team is on target. You know from from this first preseason game. So it shows that you're on the right course. Yeah, you're right. You're on the right track. So, so Jeff, Mike weighed in, but what's your thoughts? Do, do you care if the Browns win or lose this game? No. Does it matter? Not at all. No, not at all. Does it, does it matter to the team? No, I don't think it matters to the team. I think this is, this is the uh, most exhibition of exhibition games. Even against the Jets, who they'll face yeah. again. I okay. mean, this is like, you know, just just one step above the Pro Bowl in terms of, you know, player intensity and, and you know, tipping your hand and all those kinds of things. Um, you know, the Hall of Fame game is is I don't think many guys are going to be going 100 percent. I think, you know, there, there might be a couple of guys trying to make a name for themselves, but most everybody right now is just focusing on, you know, learning the playbook, getting into shape, all those kinds of things. And. Um, I'd, I'd be shocked if, you know, this was played at, at the level of intensity of even a, you know, second or third preseason game. We'll see. There, there are guys who are fighting for jobs. So, so yeah, they might realize, you know, that they have extra, um, you know, extra games, but there's still guys looking to make that, like you said, Jeff, that aha moment. So if they get a chance, um, you know, they're going to go for it. So. So, yeah, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. So, so guys, Saturday is a big day. Uh, the great Joe Thomas, number 73, will be inducted into his rightful place, um, coming home to Canton, Ohio, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, I still remember when he was drafted. I think everybody does. You know, everybody who's been a fan of this team for so long when he was on the fishing boat and just, you know, not there, and he's like, I'm going to I'm just going to do my own thing and then I'm going to come in and be the best damn left tackle who's, you know, who's played, you know, and forever, maybe ever, um, you know, um, and just play every single down for God knows how many years um, until that until that freak injury. But, um, man, it, it's just a huge moment. Um you know, I don't. I don't know what you say about Joe Thomas. He's just um, somebody that we've we've all loved watching him. Um, you know, we all loved watching him play, um, even on the bad teams. Just having, just having a guy out there who you knew was the best in the league. It spoils you. Um, yeah. You know, just 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 how good he was and how good he made other guys around him, and 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 uh, you know. Honestly, it's been great to see his success post football too, yeah. because we just know how great of a guy Joe Thomas is. So um, I'm I'm thrilled for him, you know, on the 
when he gets to do these national things and everything else. Um, I love that show he was on when he was kicking people's asses on the uh, when he doing that competition thing. Did you guys see that show? No, I didn't see Gladiators, that. He, he, Gladiators or something. Gladiator thing. He was on some Gladiator. I forget thing what it was called. Yeah, I <laughs> can't remember it now, but but yeah, um, The Rock. Yeah. Yeah, he was on that, and it's like if teams, if, if somebody did good, they got to go up against Joe Thomas, and then Joe Thomas just demolished them. And I mean, driven <laughs> up their lunch. <laughs> yeah, and Joe Thomas just destroyed pretty much everybody. Um, yeah. it, it was fun to watch. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to give you guys a chance because I could probably talk about Joe Thomas for for quite a bit here, but um, it, it's just a huge day for. For Cleveland, so I wanted to to let you guys talk, and I wanted to get your perspectives on on uh, on where you think Joe Thomas stands, like among the greats, and you know, in Cleveland Browns history too. Hmm. So, so Jeff, we'll we'll let you kick this one off. Yeah, not enough superlatives. Um, you know, the Joe Thomas was was the one bright spot in, you know, of all those years of wandering in the desert with this horrible putrid football team. Um, you know, the thing that sort of made us feel like a real football team was that we had, you know, the best tackle in the league. Um, yeah. As far as Brown's history, um, boy, that's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys, yeah, um, and it's and it's hard to you know compare one era to another era, but um, yeah, he he's probably when when it's all said and done, and history looks back at this franchise, and you know you're you're making these this assessment maybe you know ten or fifteen years down the road, um, you got to think of him in in the same vein as you know what we're talking about with with Hickerson and. And some of the greats from, you know, the early days of the Browns. Um, so just because there's so many of them, I would say he's probably in that top 10 range. But I don't know. That might be pushing it a little bit. Um, as far as, you know, Browns post, you know, Art Modell moving to Baltimore, he's easily number one. <laughs> but, easily number one. There's a yeah. lot of guys prior to that, so it's it's hard to you know hard to make a case for how high on that list he would be. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. So, Mike, let's get your thoughts on Joe Thomas. Uh, like Jeff says, not too many superlatives, but I would have to put. Uh, I had to describe him. I would put dependable, reliable. Hard worker. I just watched, in fact, before you called, I was floating through Twitter there, and, or X or whatever the heck they call it now, and uh, I I saw a video he put up, and I re- retweeted it or posted it, whatever they call it, um, and he was talking about how when he was getting his, standing there and he was getting his bust made, the model or was, the artist was doing it, and he said, you know, you know when people come to the Hall of Fame, and they go into the hall and they see his bust, especially particularly Browns fans, is he's representing us. And that his he was dependable, reliable, always there, and he did his job extremely well. Um he was he didn't come in to the league 
he came in, you know, he was picked, what, third overall. He was probably probably the best lineman picked in that draft. Um, I don't know how many guys went after him, you know, where they're at in their careers. But he 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 didn't come in cocky. He 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 learned, he studied, he begot he he refined himself and got better as the years went on. He had played humble he was humble. Um I mean the numbers speak for themselves. He did over ten thousand snaps. And yeah, we got spoiled with seventy three being out on the line. But it was he was the anchor of that offense for I mean, it wasn't always the greatest offense, but that goes back to showing, yeah, he did his job, but it's a, it's, it takes the other 10 guys doing their job for a team to be great. And it basically shows how much of a team sport this is. And he was, he, he was just so, he's got such a good personality. Uh, oh, it seems like he's in a great mood. I remember when uh, they showed a clip of him after we won that one game, and we went one in fifteen that year. They showed a clip of the team celebrating in the locker room, and the man was in tears. He was weeping out of just the fact that they won. That tells you all you need to know about the about the man that he was that emotional after just one win. You know, and what he's done in his career afterwards, being with the, I think it was a Thursday night football, he's always mm-hmm. playing up, you know, up varsity. He's, he, he's, he's up there, in my opinion, with, you know, when we say he gets us or he's one of us, he's up there with Bernie, mm-hmm. in my book. Um, as yeah. far as comparing him to all the other Hall of Famers, um, you know, I, I I I can only go by what I saw with him play. The only other Hall of Famer I could remember seeing play throughout his pretty much most of his career was Ozzie Newsom. Um, I didn't see Gene Hickerson play. I mean, I didn't see Frank Gatsky play. Um, but he he he's got to rank up there. I mean, the number over ten thousand snaps over what a 10, 12 year career was it? I mean, it was ten years he was in. And then he actually, and he got injured, and I always remember that day, that game. I felt so horrible. It was hard to yeah. hard to see it go down. I think it was against Tennessee. That's right. Yeah. Um. But he was he, he was and he's still always dependable. I mean, there were times that he would come to camp and he would, you know, he would talk and work with the guys, uh, on the uh on the during camp and you know talk with the uh, other linemen, you know, this is your kind of what you want to do with this technique or you want to, this is how you want to do your footing. And I mean, how could you not want to learn from a guy like that? And he's willing to take his time to do, he didn't just disappear into the background. You know, he got involved in uh, doing national TV. And I think that's great because he, again, he's representing us, you know, he always has. Yeah. And, and he, and he'll be the first one to tell you, yeah. The, and he's, you know, he's a Midwestern. Played in a Midwestern Rust Belt city, and if there's anything like about that, we love our we love our left tackles. I mean, look at Deacon, Deacon. We, you know, for years I I I caught him playing near the tail end of his career. I was still very young, but then I remember for years as being the play-by-play guy in the booth with Nev. 
you know, and uh, doing the commentary. It's just something he's like, De- he's like Deacon too. He's just, he's one of us. He'll always, he'll always be one of us. So I can't praise Joe, Joe Thomas enough. I, mean, I wish him all the best in his post career. And I'm glad that he's going to be in the hall of fame. It's great to see. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, guys. Let's get some. Let's get some closing thoughts. I guess we probably could end it right there. But um, so, um, Mike, we we appreciate you joining us tonight. It's been uh, been great catching up with you, Thanks. and um, we're looking forward to some football tomorrow night. Oh. oh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it too. And, and thank you again for having me back on. I had a blast just like last time. Uh, if you ever want me to come back on, give me a shout out. I'll definitely do it. That sounds good. Yeah, I'd like to give a quick shout out though, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. I okay. just want to give a shout out to all my friends. They're like family to me. It's a chat room I'm on on uh, Twitter here. It's uh, called Sam's Dogs. Um, just we started with a friend of mine, and there's quite a few of us in there. But we just, it's just, we've become like we're all some, we're all from all over. Some of us are from Ohio. We're, we're all more or less from Ohio, but some of us, they don't live, live out of state. But uh, we're all Browns fans. We love our Browns. And it's uh, they're just like, they're like family to me. So just a quick shout out to my friends over and family over in Sam's Dogs. So I've heard it sounds like you guys do some uh, some great things for each other. So so that's awesome. Yeah. So so, Jeff, closing thoughts tonight. I just had a couple of thoughts on, on a couple of things that we could do maybe on a future show, Rod, um, over-unders maybe, um, you know, and, and everybody's going to laugh about this one, but, you know, we've talked a lot about DeWan Jones and, and you know, how he will be used as a, a red zone threat. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we need to have an over-under or, you know, which way does he get utilized more as a blocking fullback? or as a tackle eligible. Right. Um, and then the other thing that I thought I, that I saw today, I thought was interesting was um, they're talking about the Browns, maybe running the option this year. Um, and, you know, Elijah Moore uh, being in the backfield for the option um, as, as one of the, you know, one of the players. Um, so how many what would be the over under on how many times you think the Browns run the option this season? Um, could be fun. Mm. Yeah. And do we know if, uh, Elijah Moore or Nick Chubb can throw the ball very well? <laughs> yeah, we need to know that. We might need to know that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, they, they can't be worse than Amari. Amari did not look good. So, so they need to explore <laughs> other options. Landry looked good that time. Did it? Yeah, Landry. again, he'd probably be the first one to tell you he did not throw that ball well. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's all exciting. Let's go. I'm ready to play? Let's let's see him play tomorrow night. All right. We'll, we'll say go Browns. And this has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>